Welcome to the Here We Are, So Here We Go podcast with Pastor Mark Holm, helping you to apply faith to your everyday life. Pastor Mark is the senior pastor at the Log Church in Cross Lake, Minnesota, as well as the executive director of Faith at Home Ministries. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Mark and the Here We Are, So Here We Go podcast that we're kind of getting rolling again here now this September. And uh, thank you for uh, kind of the break you allowed me to have. And um, during that season, not that there was a lot of choice. And and so for those of you who aren't aware or so forth, I thought I'd at least give you a, a little bit of an update, but then talk with you about some things too that I, I learned through the journey. But um, you many of you know, we have a mantra at the Log Church that has become more than a mantra. It's really become one of our heartbeats uh, as to who we are. It defines us as to who we are as a church, where God has called us to go and, and to be as his people. And that's um, that we're a safe place where it's okay not to be okay. And it's one of those things that um, probably started a little bit as a tagline when we went to the congregation and asked, where's an area in this community where we can make a difference? What's something we could do to help Cross Lake be a stronger, healthier community? And what's a need that maybe we could meet that's uh, currently not being met? Because I believe every church is called to make a difference in its town where where God has placed it and, and called it to serve. And to our surprise, um, or at least to my surprise, I'd never seen this before, um, over 60% of the people that responded uh, said uh, mental health and that there was a need for greater mental health services in the Cross Lake area that as many as, I mean, it depends on the statistic you look at, anywhere from a quarter to a third of people struggle with some sort of mental health condition in our county. And many would say that that number is low. And, and obviously the pandemic increased, only increased those percentages. We haven't seen um, the full stats as to how much, but we know it definitely has increased. So if you sit there and think, my goodness, one out of every four, in the very least, is struggling with whether it be depression, anxiety, bipolar, some sort of mental health condition, and it could be even higher than that. And that goes all the way down to teenagers. Um, there's uh, this ministry or this program called Lighthouse or Project that works out of Brainerd that's teenagers oriented um, to help teens with suicide. And they did a study of their of the teens right in the Brainerd High School. And they discovered that it was as high as over 50% of the teens that go to Brainerd High have had suicidal thoughts and struggles. And so it was, I mean, this is something that is across all age spectrums, young to old, um, men and women. Um, we've seen in our community uh, over the last year to 18 months, multiple suicides that have happened. Um and so it's very real. Mental health, depression is real. Anxiety is real. Bipolar is real. Um, and we need to provide real support for these things, which launched us as a church to then launch some sort of a say, okay, so there's a need for mental health services. Well, what, what should we do? What do we do as a church to meet that need? And so where we kind of landed was, well, we first of all needed to raise awareness. 
and we started um, once a month awareness forums on a variety of different topics. And we are going to launch those again uh, this fall where we're going to be able to start those again, where we just learn from leading experts that can help us know what, what is this thing called depression? How does it work? What is this thing, whether it be anxiety, what's bipolar, what about suicide? What, and just the areas that we eating disorders. I mean, the list goes on and on and there's layers within all of those as well. Um, PTSD, all sorts of different things that we, we need to raise the awareness and we need to learn. And so we need to be a safe place where you can come and learn. And so that was kind of our, our first entree into saying, how do we do this? And then that kind of led to the need for support groups where people need a safe place where they can just gather with others. And so we call them peer-led support groups. So not professional-led, but peer-led, others that have been down the road others that are still struggling with it, whatever it may be, whether it be depression, anxiety. Um, so we started some support groups and we've had varying levels of people attending these support groups that we offered for men, a support group we offered for women, grief support, um, just a variety that we have offered. But of course, those all had to stop during the pandemic as well. And then the third area that we definitely felt we needed to do was um, make counseling more available professional counseling, because that's a layer that is definitely needed in mental health. Um, medication needs to be proper. I mean, diagnosis, assessment, uh, medications, all the layers that go. Um, professional uh, assistance is needed, professional counseling, professional care, uh, working with doctors, psychiatrists, all of that. And there weren't a lot of counseling services uh, in Cross Lake. And so um, we formed a partnership with Lakes Country Counseling to have a counselor come to Cross Lake and take appointments here. And so they people wouldn't have to travel to, um, to Brainerd. And now what's going to be cool is uh, God is now leading us and has gifted us um, with the funding to hire a director for that will be a counselor as well that is going to start a counseling center right here in Cross Lake, a Christian counseling center, professional counseling center that um, hopefully in three years time, we'll have multiple counselors at it. And so based out of a, a facility in town and so that it's, it's clearly a, a counseling center for the community um, that's going to be growing and, and serving many clientele, whether it be young to old again, children, families, everybody. So um, we're very excited to see where God is leading. But during that whole, so that's the mental health ministry, but the mantra that became the mission or whatever you want to call it for our mental health ministry was it's okay not to be okay. And so, first of all, the Log Church's mission was to be a safe place where people can come to know, love, and follow Jesus, because we know that there are a lot of people that feel like they, I'm not sure church is a safe place. I'm not sure they will accept me. I'm not sure they'll welcome me. I'm, I feel I've been judged. There are a lot of people that have been damaged, church-damaged people from different churches that they went to or different things that happened to them in churches. So our, our mission as the Log Church is to be a a safe place where people can come to know. If you don't know who Jesus is, come check him out. See, find out about him. It's safe. Um, it's, it's safe to ask your questions. It's safe to have doubts. It's safe to have frustrations and come to know him, come to love him, come to follow him. And that's, we want to be a safe place where you, where you can walk, learn how to walk into a relationship with Jesus Christ and realize, you know, and it's okay. Um, and then, so, so then we've got this, 
that's our mission as a church. And then we've got this mantra for the, for um, the mental health ministry of it's okay not to be okay. And so really I kind of started weaving those two together without even noticing it by just talking about how the fact that blog church is a safe place where it's okay not to be okay. And, um, and so I've been talking about that and then the pandemic hit, we weren't able to continue some of the support groups, in-person support groups, uh, the forums obviously had to stop. It got more difficult for all of us. We were living more sheltered and, and you know, we're delivering worship services into the home through the live stream, which we're so thankful we'll be able to do and serving lots of people that way. But but during that season, you know, you could just tell it was taking a toll on people. And it was, was slowly taking a toll on me too, not to be able to connect, not to be able to know where people are at. Um, it was just, it was different trying to pastor through a pandemic. There is there is no roadmap for that one. There was no script for that one. There was no place to go. No one had done it before. And so we were all learning together and having to literally adapt on the fly and, and every week holding things loosely. We couldn't put together plans for the next month or for the next season because we had no clue where we were going to be a month down the road. And so everything was kind of two weeks out at most. And and then a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, a lot of people with different the, the politics didn't happen that was that didn't help that was going on during that time. The political season really had people in turmoil and, and a lot of anger and divisiveness in the midst of that and, and just no unity amongst people. Um, and then the pandemic didn't make things any better. Um, so anyway, it was just a it was a difficult season for a lot of us. And um so then I remember um, that in May we had started meeting together again. And, you know, it's here I am talking for all this season and for over a year or two years now, it's a safe place where it's okay not to be okay. And I started to realize, you know what, I'm not sure I'm okay. And I'm not sure I'm doing all right. And and we just uh, started having some honest conversations and, and some people that are just love me to death could see it too and said, you know, we're, we're noticing kind of the same thing. And so um, thanks to some very loving elders and, and the support of the staff and everyone, um, I did something I've never done before. I took a sabbatical. And, um, and so um, what I want to share with you now is not, I'm not going to get you into what happened in my sabbatical. That's for me to know. But what I am going to tell you, what I'd like to walk you into is maybe a next layer of you know, it's okay not to be okay, but then what does that mean, Mark? Like, like, what do I do if I'm if I'm not feeling okay? If I'm not sure I'm okay? Uh, if others are kind of noticing some things that they don't think I'm okay, like, like, what do I do? And and so, I'm not an expert, and I want you to know that with this podcast, I am speaking from the heart. I am speaking from the best experience, and I I say so. Here's the deal: the podcast is going to be my two cents worth which means you need to go get 98 cents from someone else, from others. So these are two cents. These are my two cents. I'll give you my best two cents. They'll be the prettiest two cents that I can give you, but it's two cents worth. Be sure to get 98 somewhere else. And um, and and so don't feel like this carries any more, more weight than that. And yet I appreciate the opportunity to kind of, I feel that's what we're called to do is, is help one another, listen to one another, learn from one another. And podcasts are a great opportunity for us to, and as one of my head elders at my last church said, 
you know, it's an opportunity to chew on the meat and spit out the bone and, and realize, you know, there's probably going to be some meat in some of the stuff. I share some stuff that will connect and you'll go, okay, that's that I needed to hear that, but there may be some other stuff that, that isn't right for you. And so, and um, so I'm not, not trying to be perfect in any way or say you have to follow this, but this is just my best two cents worth. So when you're not sure if you're okay, I think the first step is that we all need to learn is that it is okay not to be okay. It's okay to maybe admit and maybe say, and even acknowledge that to a few of your closest friends is a first step is to say, how do you think I'm doing? I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm not sure I'm, I'm okay. I'm not sure I'm doing okay. I'm not sure I'm feeling okay. I'm not sure I'm responding in the way I used to and how I'm and how I'm kind of reacting in situations or uh, how I'm sleeping, whatever it may be. It's okay. First step is to ask others, what do they see? And do they see, do they, because usually when we are open and authentic, they will be willing to be open in return. And, but it starts with us asking the question, which is, so I, I want to encourage you to, to maybe ask others, are, do you think I'm okay? Or are you seeing some things that, that, and give them an opportunity to speak into your life and ask. And I did that. And the, and it's good when you can, because to be honest, I actually didn't feel I was anyway. And so to get, when I heard affirmation of that, that, yeah, kind of seeing the same thing. I didn't take that personally. I was kind of grateful, like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I, this is, this is something that I need to, because again, mental health is serious stuff. And, and we need to just like, if you're not feeling good, you know, you got a pain in your back or whatever that's been going, if, if you don't say anything to anyone and all of a sudden you're limping and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're not, you know, you got to, maybe ask for someone say, okay, does this feel normal? Do you think this is normal? Do you think I'm okay? And, oh, wait, and you explain to them what you're, how you're feeling and the, some of the symptoms you have, and they're going to be like, well, no, that, that's not okay. You, you probably need to get that checked out, which leads to the second thing, which is once you ask, and, and again, you don't have to, because you may already know that you're not okay, but it never hurts to just ask that. But then second is we have to be a people that are willing to do deep assessment where we allow, where we go in and get professionally assessed. And I want to be clear here. You don't get assessed by your friends. You don't get assessed by your neighbors. You don't get assessed by your coworkers and ask them. They're not professionals. We, mental health is real. And there is real, we need to invest and take the time and to slow down and to go get professionally assessed. And if that takes four weeks to get in or six weeks for an appointment, whatever, but it's important. Again, how do you know? It's like, if you wonder if something's wrong with your car, the first thing, and you're, you're feeling there's something wrong, you take it in. And what's the first thing they do to your vehicle is they assess it. They usually put it on to any more. So many cars are run by computers and multiple computers in them that they got to hook them up some instrumentation and then that can tell them and indicate what's wrong with your car and you'll be and they'll be able to say okay we got it up here we assessed it and here's here's what we discovered here's what's what's not working right and that's that is and i'm going to tell you that professional assessment the strength of it is a couple things it helps you see what you don't have 
or because you can sit there and be worried that I may have this, or I may have this, or I may have that, or I wonder if I have depression, or I wonder if I have anxiety, or I wonder if I have these things. And then after the assessment, you may see things like, okay, yeah, you've got some, some anxiety, but it, it does or it doesn't require medication. And if it doesn't require medication, that tells you one thing or, or you know, and, or yeah, it looks like you've had some traumatic experiences or yes, you may have. And, and you, through the assessment, you're there, able, the professionals are able to dial in and take a look. And sometimes you need to get a medical assessment as well as a mental assessment. Sometimes maybe even a spiritual assessment where you meet with a pastor and just come in and say, I'm, I'm not sure I'm doing okay. And, and so that we can just kind of assess and well, what have you been doing? What's been going on? And, and once you get that full assessment, you can kind of then know, okay, these are the areas where I need to focus on. I can let go of some of these other fears and worries because you know, those aren't as significant as I thought they might be, or those aren't as severe or, but the ones that showed up are then the assessment will tell you, will point you in the directions that you need to focus on and where you need to work. And I have just found that that professional assessment, I don't know why we wait so long to go get that done. You know, it's just probably, it just, it's our own stubbornness. It's our own, sometimes fear. I don't want to know. Um, I'm not sure I fear of, oh, what if they say I've got to be on medication or fear of whatever it may be. And so that keeps us away and it keeps us away way too long. And so it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to get assessed, to say, I'm, I'm not sure I'm okay. And, and through assessment, I'm going to go find out. And that's really, and I hope we would support one another in that too, where we encourage one another to get assessed. We stand in the gap while someone's waiting and, and we don't make it a big deal. In fact, it's a very great thing that we should be encouraging one another and say, good for you. Way to go. You know, way, way to go get, uh, that's, that's fantastic. And, and where did you find to get assessed and what are, what are you using? And I hope, you know, we could help each other, um, encourage each other through that, that phase of it. Cause if you're not okay, you got to get assessed and then point made there, but then after assessment, then it moves into a time. So you ask others, you then go in for a professional assessment. And then the third is you got to address it. There's once you know what you've been assessed and you know, these are the areas that um, are heightened or areas that you need to focus on, then you need to find the right programs, the right counseling, the right what what uh, books to read, the right webinars to watch, uh, whatever it may be to address um, the area that was assessed as an area of need for you. And sometimes the addressing it can be through, like I said, through books you read, through webinars you participate in, through by sometimes if you're assessed with a high level of grief from loss, you, then addressing it would be to participate in grief share. And, you know, through that nine week program, that's going to help you address the grief that you've been struggling with and that, that was assessed as one of the areas of need that you have. And so that's just kind of an example of, you know, and it's nice to know where to focus because then it's like those resources pop for you. Those so they're, it's like you, cause you're, you're hitting the areas that needed to be hit. You're addressing the areas that needed to be addressed. And so then as you read that book or you listen to that webinar, you're gonna be like, Oh, this was like for me. And it's like, 
because it was. It's addressing the area that you, but again, if you hadn't been assessed, you wouldn't have known that that was the area that needed to be addressed. But when you do, then the resources and tools, because there's a lot of them out there that cover a lot of different things, you can really dial those in to the specific ones that you need. And you can start talking to others and say, okay, who are some other people I know that maybe have struggled with grief? Let's just say, again, that was one that was assessed, use that as a simple example. Well, then what did you do to help you with grief? What did you do? What were resources that helped you? What were websites that helped you? What were books that helped you? And then you just kind of dial in to that area and so that you can kind of fully address it. So, um, and, and that is, and that, again, some of the addressing, if it ends up being like medications, let's just say that it's a, it was diagnosed, assessed that you have cross lines and, and the depression is at a level that it needs medication or anxiety, whatever it may be. Well, then now you got to go address that and you got to, got to meet with your doctor and you got to meet with, and you got to start the route with medications, realizing that that's going to take a while. And it doesn't usually very seldom does the first kind of a prescription or dosage of medication is that exactly does it, it work perfectly a lot of times you got to keep talking to your doctor and say i'm having these symptoms or i'm still feeling this way and it takes them usually a period of time to get it dialed in and you just need to be ruthlessly honest with them because you're working to address this and they can't address what they don't know so you just need to constantly tell them okay we're i want this to be addressed and i want to be able to get this depression um, to a better place and and so you be honest with them, work with the medications, work with the doctors, and so that you can address it. And sometimes addressing it may be that you're going to need to be on that medication for an extended period of time and and whatever that is. But if that's what helps address it, you know, and or the combination of medication with a support group or medication with a counselor, you know, those, it's usually a combination is what, with mental health of things that are needed. And so that you have the support that you need to address that reality that you have. And, and it's not bad. Other people have anxiety, other people have depression, but you got to kind of get the support system around you to address it and what you need. And there's usually multiple layers to that. So, and it takes some time to get after that and talk to others that have learned how to live with depression, others that have learned how to live with anxiety. What were the pieces they put in place? What were the things that they needed? Learn from that and then build your own kind of uh, support network so that you can address the, th the areas that you were assessed as, as needing to address. And then I, I don't know, but the, the, so you would think, okay, that kind of, if it's okay not to be okay. So it's okay to, ask others. It's okay to get assessed. It's okay to um, spend significant time addressing it and, and focusing it. But I also think it's okay. A part of being it's okay not to be okay is you also need to allow yourself some time just to refresh, some time to heal, um, some time to not focus and dwell on it. Um, of course, scripture talks about the importance of Sabbath and building that Sabbath rest into the rhythm of how you do life. I think a lot of times part of the reason we're not okay is we're just not taking time to refresh, taking time to do the things that truly refill our tanks that make us feel good about ourselves, that we enjoy doing, that is stuff that takes away, um, kind of takes us away from some of the struggles and the things. So if all you're doing is addressing, 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 and you're not taking any time to refresh, I think you're going to burn out on that as well. 
because we get so focused on, and then I need to be better. I need to be better. And wait a second. Whew, are you still living your life though? Are you still taking time off? Are you still taking vacations? Are you still honoring the Sabbath? And are you resting? Are you building that kind of refreshment and not just waiting for a once a year vacation or twice a year? Because it needs to be into your kind of everyday and weekly rhythm to life is building in margin and time to refresh. And when we do that, I think that enables us to be okay, even when we're not okay. Even when we are struggling with depression, if we get some time to refresh, even if we're struggling with grief and we get some time to refresh, um, it's when we don't get time for that, that then it actually makes it harder with our uh, mental health conditions. It makes it harder with our grief and loss. It makes it harder because we're just trying to power through it or sometimes we're pushing it down and we're not, whew, we're not ever refilling our tanks. And we live in a world that's go, go, go. And I think for me, a part of refreshment I had to learn is shutting off the noise of the outside world and, and making sure that, you know what, on, during this time, if it's going to be the next four hours, if it's going to be my day off, if it's going to be whatever it may be, I'm not going to check my text messages. I'm not going to check my emails. I'm I'm going to put on my device an automatic notification that tells people today is my, I, I won't be back in the office until Tuesday at noon or whatever it may be. And, and realize that, you know what, I'm not going to feel guilty about that. I'm not going to, I need this time of refreshment. And I think we all need to find ways to build that into our rhythm. And and for those of us that are married, I think it's important that we find ways to do that together as well as individually. Because otherwise, you know, how is our marriage going to be okay? <laughs> I hear a lot of people that I'm not sure my marriage is okay. And then we, okay, well, then let's get it assessed. And then you find out like, wow, one of the things we're not doing is spending any time, you know, quality time together. And when we do, we're still answering our, our emails and we're still at work when we're even gone. And it's just like, okay you know, these are some things we need to address and we need to, we live in a world that everyone expects uh, us to be there for one another 24 seven. And I want to say it's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to be on call 24 seven. It's one of those things we've had to learn. It's okay. I'm going to be on call for the days I'm at work and then those will be 24 seven. I'm fine with that, but I'm going to take some time when I'm off. I'm not on call, I'm not available. And it's just, you know, and, and if we could all get into that, idea of making sure there's some refreshment built into our rhythm of life. To me, that's another way that'll help us be okay. Even when we're not okay, will help us to do that. So there you go, my friends. Here we are. So here we go. That's my, we're getting ready to start this podcast again. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to speak from the heart about what does it mean for it's okay not to be okay. So thanks for taking this journey with me. Um, know that this is again, two cents worth. Apply, chew on the meat, spit out the bone, what really kind of works for you. Praise the Lord. And uh, we're just all going to be there for one another. And I am so thankful for the Log Church and the unique calling God has given us in this area to, to be a safe place for people to know, love, and follow Jesus so that 
That's most important at the end of the day. And we want to be that safe place for people to come. But it's also a safe place where um, it's okay not to be okay. And man, what a what a privilege that is for us, for God to be calling us this direction and to leading us into a mental health ministry with a eventually with support groups and, and awareness forums, but now on the horizon, a counseling center that we're going to have um, counselors at. And yeah, I look forward to what God is doing in us and through us. And so thanks for taking the journey, everyone. May God continue to bless you and keep you, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you look upon you with favor, and to give you his peace, even, and it's okay not to be okay. God bless everyone. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Here We Are, So Here We Go podcast with Pastor Mark Holman. For more information about this podcast, The Log Church, or Faith at Home Ministries, go to our webpage, herewego.fm. If you were blessed by today's episode and would like to financially support this podcast, please click on the support button at herewego.fm.